We're talking about twins today, everyone. <laughs> I don't know how we've gotten this far. I don't know. And I talked about twins. We did talk about twins with Jude Devereaux on the Trailblazer episode. And I'm going to talk about twins again related to Jude Devereaux. Welcome to Faded Mates, everyone. Let's just get right to it because we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor and a, not a twin. A point of order. I think we should start also by saying, y'all, you still have time to purchase the best romance of 2022 box yes. from Old Town Books and get it in time for your holiday, whatever your holiday may be. Um, so links and show notes. Also, Eric would like me to tell you that you can actually click on some podcatchers. You can click the link right now on the screen of your app, and it will take you to the Old Town Books purchase page where you can get eight of the 10 selected titles from this year's box and um, support a local independent bookstore that has always supported romance and has always been like extra nice to us. Yeah, faded mates. We love Old Town Books. If I could afford it, I'd move to Alexandria just to go there. (laughs) But I can't afford it, everybody. Alexandria is very nice. The houses are teeny tiny, though. The doors are very small because they were made for old, small people. (laughs) Olden times. Yes. Olden times, people. This weekend, it's we're recording this just after Thanksgiving, everybody. And um, at the Thanksgiving dinner that I had, somehow the fact that Several. I'm from New England, as all, as you all know, and I feel like a lot of New Englanders, like there's lore in a lot of New Englanders' friend groups that like, oh, that person is descended from the Mayflower Oh, people. okay, sure. And so we were talking about this because I am 1,000% not descended from the Mayflower people. I mean, and fine. Uh, but we were talking about how there are a handful of people who we grew up around who are all allegedly Mayflower descendants. Although I once read an article that said that if everybody who says they were descended from the Mayflower were actually descended sure. from the Mayflower, the ship would have sank like in <laughs> wherever, s- Bristol or wherever it launched from, which <laughs> might have been better for everyone, let's be honest. But <clears throat> apologies to those of you who are, you know. Actually like, descended from people from the Mayflower. We like you, but. <laughs> we were talking about this and I realized we put the, when I was thinking about all these people kind of in a row, you know, you line them up in your head as as people are naming them. And I was like, they're all very small people. I mean, you know, five, seven and under. And then I was like, well, it's genetic. They had to fit on that little boat. I mean, people are getting taller as time goes on. It's true. Well, we don't have to fit on little boats anymore. Well, I guess that's why. (laughs) It's definitely the boats. (laughs) It's for sure. That's exactly how evolution works, everybody. anyway, there it is. Now you've been at Thanksgiving dinner with me. (laughs) It was great, everyone. I bet it was. I bet you made an amazing meal. I used my new oven. I don't know if we talked about my new oven on the podcast, but... We should talk about it. Dear God. No, no. I'm excited for you. We bought a new oven. It's the first time I've ever in my life owned a brand new appliance. Like, actually, we bought it with our own money. You picked it out. I, I, we picked it out. It has a touch screen and a proving function. Ooh. If you're bakers out there, listen, I feel like Paul Hollywood. All I can do is sort of picture that you like you like press the prove it button and Bruce Springsteen sings like, prove it all. <laughs> I don't actually know what proving is, everybody. I have no amazing. idea. It's when uh, you put dough to rise. You set let dough sit and ri- oh, it'll rise. Okay. And Fair. then you put it in the oven. Then you bake a bread. Because if it doesn't if it doesn't prove itself by rising, then it's not going to be a good loaf of bread. But I used it to make Chelsea buns yesterday morning, which are I don't know what that is either. You know, a f- it's a fancy way of saying cinnamon buns. It's an English English cinnamon bun. It has a currant instead of a raisin. Fascinating. It's a cinnamon roll. You might say a cinnamon roll. Is it not a bun? It's not a bun here. We don't say that. I was making a cinnamon roll versus alpha hero joke. Oh, cinnamon rolls. Oh, well, I don't care for those. <laughs> exactly. See, now you're with me. We're back. We're a romance podcast, though, and let's put our romance hats back on. I'm doing it. I spent a week with family cooking, and now I'm here with Jen now you're ready. talking about romance novels. And that is my, like, natural state. So, Sarah, we're going to be talking about twins, which everyone knows is one of your favorites because you have talked before about putting everything you loved about romance in nine rules, and Ralston is a twin. But before we begin, I would like to tell you that I think that there is a twin continuum in romance. 
Oh, okay. Ready? This All right. is science. Because at first I was thinking it was levels, but I think it's a continuum. Ready? And there, here, there's like I'm, the, I'm getting a pen so I can I can draw we can it. Write out this down. As we go. Okay. On one side, which is the non problematic twin side. Oh, it's just you. <laughs> no have, one likes that. <laughs> you have a twin. You have oh, a yeah. twin. A twin. A twin exists. Okay. And then the other side of the problem oh, of the scale no. is. You have sex with someone while they think that they are with the other twin. Those are the that's the two sides of the continuum, and all twin romances happen somewhere in between them. So I have bad news for you. You think there's um, something else? I I know there is because I discovered it. <laughs> Wait, there is also. I had sex with a set of twins, which I figured we'd talk about at the end. But so no, maybe there's even, always something it's else. It's worse than that. It's worse than that. What is it? Oh, God, I don't even want to talk too much about it. Should we save it for the end? This is a real headphones-in moment, I think. I feel like I was really going to squeak okay. in the menage with twins at the end. Yeah, okay, we'll save it for it. the end, but I think some people already know what I've found. All right. Anyway. All right, so a twin, I here's what I will say. I approve of this particular continuum. Yeah, well, of course. Going from... You are a twin to I accidentally had sex with somebody thinking that they were the other person. Or I fooled someone. Yeah. I claimed to be the twin and slept with someone. I have both of these categories on my list. I just thought maybe that would give us like a little structure for talking about it from like, because there's a point at which. And then there's, then it gets past, it just sails right past that into other things like Lorelai James. Is that the name of the person who writes about people who have sex with twins? I mean, I think a lot of people do because I found one today. So no problem. Uh, I gotta say, I sometimes like those Lorelai James. I'm not mad about it. They're amazing. Dirty. But I'm just saying. I guess here's what I would say. It's like all of romance is like a, a baseball diamond, right? To use a little sports ball reference. And there's all the stuff inside the stadium, right? There's all the stuff inside the stadium. But then there are some people who are like, I would like up to make up my own rules. I exist outside of the stadium. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And that's like fucking a set of twins or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Plus, I mean, look, I, I'm not mad about it. I think it's amazing. I just want you all to have a nice time. Listen, if you too can find a set of handsome twins to cowboy around with, like those Lorelai James books. If it's not Lorelai James, I'm sorry, everybody, but I'm pretty it's sure it's definitely is. for sure Lorelai James and others, which we will be talking about. <laughs> and then something mysterious that is beyond even that. It's beyond, it's too far gone. It's like a whole other sport. No, it's you know how we talk galaxy. sometimes about how I'm a frog in a boiling pot of water. Yes. Water. This, the hot, it was too hot. I jumped right out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give it a year. <laughs> and then you'll come back to it and be like, oh, I don't this. know. You're like, no, okay. I have no okay. idea what it is. Right. My imagination okay. is not that good. So I'm excited to hear about it. Okay. All right. So Sarah. Yeah. That's what I propose we should do is I our speaking is good. order. So are we going to start, we're going to start with the character is a twin. The character is a twin. And then I feel like, so can I propose a little more structure yes. on this continuum? Because sure. I feel like the character is a twin, and then somewhere close to the character is a twin is the character is a twin and pretends to be yes. the other twin, but yes. it's not sexy. Yes. Versus it is sexy. Or I mis- I mistook you for your twin and it was sexy. That's yes. also in the in the field. Oh, wait, but we have to start with history, I think. <laughs> And I was going to say Flowers in the Attic, but I have a feeling you have somewhere else you'd rather start. Listen, <laughs> Flowers in the Attic. Okay, apparently we're just doing it. Sure. We're doing it. You were going to start off, though, by talking about, like— I was going to talk about Hare. Sure. Wasn't I? Okay, Please so do. we don't we don't talk a lot about Georgette Hare on this podcast, and there are a lot of reasons why, uh, not the least of which is she wrote a lot of really racist and anti-Semitic shit and yeah. into her books. And so it's hard. It's yeah. hard when we talk about romance, right? What's interesting to me— when you t- when you think about hair is like, I mean, all those books in the eighties and nineties, some of which we're going to probably talk about today, are also problematic in their own way. And like, it's just hard, right? History is problematic. Here's what we would say though: the anti-Semitic things in hair are beyond problematic. Like, there's no mistaking them. It's intentional anti-Semitism. It's yes. intentional racism. When we talk about historical romance and all the problems that historical romance has had over the last fifty years, and Lord knows it. There are a lot of them, and Lord knows they still exist, right? Yeah. You would be hard-pressed not to lay the problems of the genre at the feet of Georgette Heyer, right? Because she really was the first contemporary historical—I 
I guess you can't be a contemporary historical romance novelist, but like she's the first modern historical romance novelist in the 20s. She did she wrote the way all romance novelists do, where she wrote like, I don't know, 80 books in 60 yeah. years. I made those numbers up, but it was a lot. In a li- it, you know, it was a lot of books, and she was using a typewriter. So that is one of the big reasons. Uh, sometimes people send us texts, uh, send us messages to say, you never do a – you've never done a hair episode. What about hair? That's why we don't talk about hair because no. anti-Semitism yeah. sucks and racism sucks. And there's just no reason to when there are so many other books to talk about. Right, right. However, sometimes you have to talk about hair in the sense that, like, she was there first – Right? In a lot of ways. And she built, I mean, aside from building a very cis, het, white, Christian Regency England for us all to play around with for many years, she then, she also sort of established some of the cornerstone tropes of the genre, right? Like, hair's heroines were the first with violet eyes. And mm-hmm. hair's hair did grumpy sunshine before everyone else did. And hair did rake wallflower before everyone else did. And she sort of lay down these really structured cornerstone tropes of the genre that didn't, I'm not saying they didn't exist before, but they right. were really, um, they became really bedrock to romance when she started writing them this way. And I just want to name, because I think it's an important, it's an important one, hair's False Colors, Georgette Hare's False Colors, um, in which a twin, the hero, Kit, his brother, Evelyn, has disappeared and he's a spy for the crown or something related to diplomatic service, right? And they have a problem in that the twin has disappeared and there is a lot of debt accruing in this household. And the way that they can clear this debt is for the twin to make good on his promise to marry a wealthy young lady named Cressy. Except the twin has, oops, disappeared. Sure. Which means Kit needs to pretend to be Evelyn to marry, to, like, keep up the ruse that he's going to marry Cressy. This is a classic twin shenanigan. A twin shenanigan. And... There it was in Hair's False Colors. I think that this is one of her books that's where it's like very clear that she was establishing some of the the bedrock stuff. Right. So there it is. Those of you who love hair, there's five minutes on hair. You're welcome. <laughs> Growing up in the like 80s, there was like a lot of twin stuff happening well, from Sweet Valley High. Oh my right? God, Jen. Oh, my God. So I'm at Word Bookstore, my local independent bookstore, this weekend. Yeah. My daughter turns nine in two weeks. And so I was, you know, snatching up some things to wrap. And there is a Sweet Valley High graphic novel now. Sure. It's called Sweet Valley Twins. Amazing. Ask me if I bought it for her. I hope you did. Obviously. Ask me if I really bought it for me. (laughs) Um, I am sort of obsessed with trying to find Sweet Valley Highs. And if you have them in your basement and want to send them to me, please let me so know. So anyway, if you too were a Sweet Valley High lover and you have a young person in your life who likes graphic novels and also girl drama, which yeah. is what we're falling into here at our house, there you are. So there was Sweet Valley High. There was Flowers in the Attics. There was a very funny movie called Twins with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Oh, there was. <laughs> Remember You're that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like there was like a way in which it was like really in the ether. I mean, and so I think part of it too is like there was that TV show where those where Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen played twins. Full right? House. Full House. I mean, so it just felt like it was like twins everywhere. Growing um, up. Wait, that Lindsay Lohan movie oh, that yeah. w- had a – it predates Lindsay Lohan with us. No, it's in The Parent Trap. That's what they're shouting out. The Parent Trap, which wasn't actually – when there's a one that's earlier, but then there was Lindsay Lohan and now. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just like a big twin time. I don't really see that happening anymore, but – Well, twins take a lot of energy to film – yeah, unless of you have, unless you, you know, happen to have two of them, sure. Unless you happen to have two talented actors. <laughs> so this is really, I think, part of the. 
I don't know, like the hard wiring of it, not just from romance, but just like from pop culture of a certain time, right? And yeah, I just but think also, also like the mystique of a twin Jude is so Devereaux. great. It's, it's Jude Devereaux. I mean, look, look, we talked about, we talk, like I said, we talked to Jude Devereaux on her Trailblazer episode specifically about twins because I just couldn't. Like, wait, yeah, we course. had to talk about the Montgomery's. But the Montgomery's, the Taggarts. So many twins. And Jude loved a twin, and Jude loved a very specific microtrope of twin, which is everyone, no one can tell us apart <laughs> except the one. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of, I mean, obviously. And the book that just, I mean, imprinted upon me was Sweet Liar, which we've talked about because mm-hmm. it is Chicago set. Yep. Um, and it is a time travel ghosty kind of woo-woo romance <laughs> that involves, like, a little bit of witchery and also possibly a past life. But um, that hero is a twin, and this is, like, a whole thing that no one can recognize him, that his everybody thinks he looks just like his twin brother. Except, no one has ever been yes. able to tell them apart. And the twin brother goes up to the heroine in, like— he takes the heroine home with him. His name is Michael. And he takes the heroine home with him. And she's, like, standing in the kitchen of, like, his parents' house. And his twin brother comes up and grabs her ass, which is not an appropriate way <laughs> to test the love of your brother's new girlfriend, everyone. Yeah. Um, and she turns around and she really gives him what for because who is this man who is not – does not look at all even remotely like – Yes. This man she loves. Right. And he's like, what do you mean? I look exactly the same. We're like identical pictures. And she's <laughs> like, you're not. He's, you're so much more handsome than he is. And he's like, oh, you're the one. And then they do it. <laughs> I don't remember if they do it. I'm sure they do I feel it, like, oh, obviously. I also liked when there was like a twin and then the other twin got like their their book. So like Twin of Ice oh, yeah. and Twin of Fire, which I think was. Blair and Houston Chandler. Yes, right? And then also, <laughs> God, now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't there a, a Nora Roberts twin of ice and twin of fire? With the, or maybe yeah, they're maybe. just, no, that was born no, in ice and born, born in ice, fire. born in fire. Yeah. Listen, those twin of ice, twin of fire books, those were lady twins. Yes. And they were possibly my first lady twin books. And here's the truth that gravity defying hair on the cover oh, of yeah. those books is really all I wanted. And that one has another classic. Uh, I don't know which one it is. Blair's book, which is maybe Twin of Ice. Mm-hmm. No, Twin of Fire, I think, is Blair's book. Blair's book is Houston is getting married to a doctor. <laughs> and Blair, who has a medical degree in like 18, blah, 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 comes. <laughs> Obviously. Comes home for the wedding, and then, like, here's this, like, buttoned-up, kind of boring doctor, and Blair's, like, very, all of a sudden, like, in, like, she's, like, I, I too, am a doctor, and they, like, meet brain-to-brain, and then they touch butts. (laughs) Well, there you go. And then Houston left at the altar, not really, but for her sister, ends up with Kane Taggart, Mm. who's just gruff. And says nothing and just grunts all over the place. Another, you know, installing my buttons here. <laughs> I was like, I believe I can pull that off a shelf right and now. And Kane proposed, like, Kane says nothing to her, nothing to her, nothing to her. And she's, like, depressed because she's, you know, well, her beautiful twin sister has, or no, her not beautiful. Like, one of them is the beautiful one and one is the brainy one. And the brainy one stole the beautiful one's husband. And she's kind of feeling bummed about it. And then this, like gruff mountain man target comes over and like just is like why don't you marry me instead and she's like okay okay that seems fine (laughs) and then he like i don't know i don't i honestly don't remember this book but he probably throws her over his shoulder and takes her to a cabin somewhere and and they do it they just smash (laughs) that's i think all we're gonna say about any of this listen also when you go back into these jude Devereux books just be aware of you know be aware of the time that they were written This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Pocket Bookshop in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So a few weeks ago, I drove out to Lancaster 
to visit Pocket Books Shop because the owners there uh, were awesome and invited me out there. And you know, all you have to do is invite me to come visit your your indie bookstore and I'm there. Um, listen, it's in this big old Victorian house on a street corner in Lancaster in, in like the most beautiful, idyllic place. And it has a big sign up front that says, we are uh, an ex- a queer, feminist, anti-racist bookshop and it just felt like coming home. We I walked in I love and it. it was warm and welcoming and the romance section was right up front and center. Say no more. They had a stack of Delilah Green doesn't care, like a stack <laughs> next to the register and that they were hand just, selling. Hand selling <laughs> Amazing. everybody who came through. You know, their website is terrific. They had a really cool 2022 reading challenge. And I seriously hope would love to see the 2023 one where they have like different things you could do, like 22 challenges for 2022. And so they are really invested, I think, in like engaging with a community of readers, which is yeah. what every indie bookstore should do. So often romance readers feel like we've never been welcomed in a local indie and this independent bookstore is so genre friendly and so romance friendly and they have a beautiful kids section for kids. You can do your entire holiday shopping list with this one store. You can visit pocketbooksshop.com. That's two S's, pocketbooksshop.com. Links as always are in show notes, but everything there is great. I can tell you it feels like a real vibe, and I wish I lived closer so I could go every week. One of the things to know is that they are going to put together a sapphic book box for our Faded Mates listeners that you might want to check out. Um, it might include books like Mistakes Were Made from Mara Wilsner, uh, Delia Legreen Doesn't Care, or Olivia Wait. It's great historicals. So check out Pocket Bookshop and support them. And thank you so much to Pocket Books for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, so I would also like to say Sarah wrote twins, but they're 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 just twins, right? Ralston in Nine Rules and Sinjin. <laughs> Nicholas Sinjin. I like to say that because in 10 rule, 10 ways to be adored, right? But I will say that in the very first chapter of oh, yeah. Nine Rules, Ralston's mistress, Nick comes in to yeah. Ralston's room, private rooms, and Ralston is in bed with his mistress, and his mistress is like, all right, you can Wanna? join us if you want. <laughs> I know, you knew My it. little, like, <laughs> snuck it in. It was a different time. You couldn't actually sneak it in. Um, in the Ravenel series, Pandora and Cassandra are twins, and they each have their own book. There are the famous Stephanie Lawrence, Amelia. And Amanda. In the Sinsters. Yeah. They were on my list, too. So, yeah, I think there's quite a few of them. And especially in historical romance, like, they would have been a big deal. Like, having twins and surviving to tell the tale was no joke back in the day. Julia Quinn wrote that duet where it was like, were they twins? I don't know. I don't remember. I might be making this up. I think it's Mr. Cavendish, I presume, and the other one. I mm, yeah. Don't quote me on that. That might okay. not be right. But here's the point. Earlier this weekend, I called Sophie Jordan because I was like, listen, it feels like every history – it feels – it doesn't feel true. You know, sometimes there are facts in the world that you say out loud because they yeah. sound like they should be true. <laughs> and then yes. you say them and someone says to you, that's not really true. And you think, oh, it must be. And then you Google it and it's actually not true. Maybe yes. this is just me, like my life, just sort of saying things with purpose and then <laughs> and I don't then really know like, a damn thing. Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> but no. Look, we have a lot of romance in our head. Sometimes it just crosses streams. It's fine. Here's the thing that feels like it should be true. It feels like every single long-standing historical romance novelist should have written a twin. Yeah, I would agree. And so I emailed or called Sophie this weekend, and I was like, Sophie, which book is your twin book? And she was like, oh, well, I wrote Firelight, which is a delicious YA right, novel YA. about a dra- about a girl who dragon shapeshifts and her twin who has no powers until the last book. There, It's a trilogy. Right. It's great. Very fun. Again, if you have, like, a young reader who likes romance and also dragons, and, like, this is a very good holiday gift if you're looking for good holiday gifts. But that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for hot twins who smash. And she was like, no, I've never written a twin. And I was like, Sophie Jordan. What? Do the job. It feels like 
that's required. Like, isn't that in the contract? I would think so. So anyway, when Sophie Jordan writes a twin, which hopefully will be very soon, you have me to thank for it. Yeah, exactly. Well done. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, I can't think of a Ellie's James twin. I can't think of. Well, we know Lorraine Heath has handled twins. That is a good twin, but that's at the end of your spectrum. I don't know. It is at the end of the spectrum. We can't talk about it now. We'll get there. I, yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. I was kind of like, who are they? And I had I had you at the Ravenel sisters and Amanda and Amelia Sinster, but then that was it. Oh, another kid book that we are re- – another kid book for everybody um, that is a twin book is actually also currently a Netflix uh, – no, a Disney Plus series with Tony Hale, which is the Mysterious Benedict Society. Oh, that's a great book. Great, and and Mr. Benedict, who is Tony Hale's main character, has an evil twin. And, you know, evil twins. Also, we missed soap operas, which bring evil twins, which a lot of twins dancing around in soap operas. If you need to solve a soap opera problem, just revive an evil twin or create one out of scratch, just from pure cloth. We've never really talked about soap operas in general on the podcast. And, I mean, we had Adriana on for yeah. – we did a little bit with her. But it really does feel like there was a particular time in the 80s and possibly early 90s when everybody was watching soap operas yeah. too. Yeah. So, like, I I wonder – and I would I wonder who we could talk to in the world about this. But it feels like there had to have somehow been a dialogue between romance and soaps. Yeah. I would agree. I would think so. If so if you're out there – and you're the kind of person who has a lot of thoughts about romance and soaps. Hit us up because we'd like to talk about it. All right. So given our spectrum, I guess I would like to start with. Characters who are twins. Well, I just named them. Do you have more? Yeah. I have two others. Okay. Go. You start okay. then. So um, I want to talk about Lucy Lennox's Say You'll Be Nine with an N, number nine. Okay. It's about Isaac, who is the ninth brother in a ten sibling, the ninth child in a ten oh, sibling goodness. family on a ranch in Wyoming. It's one of these. <laughs> one right? of these, yeah. Nine. He, so they call him nine because you know sure. what? What else are you going to do when you have that many kids? Just number them. <laughs> um, and he is a YouTube star. He, so he, like, works on the farm or on the ranch. And um, he, like, lives on the ranch. And he's very happy on the ranch. But he also, like, has a YouTube channel where he, like, fixes shit around the ranch and, like, does videos. And it's beca- he's become, like, popular because he's hot. And, like, you know, it's the 2020s. And sure, what are people doing but watching YouTube? And he has a – his older brother's best friend, Cooper, has a brother, has a twin brother. Cooper has a twin brother whose name is Jackson. And um, Jackson is sick, and they have these, like, medical bills. And Cooper's trying to, like, figure out how they're going to pay these medical bills. And an opportunity turns up where Cooper is offered a chance to be on – a like DIY home improvement show where he like um, renovates a cabin like in the woods or whatever <laughs> in Wyoming. And the problem is, is that what he needs, it's like the conceit of it is like gay partners, like gay, like two gay, hot, two hot gay men, like yeah. renovate a, I don't know, it's right. romance reasons, but sure. like two hot gay men. And so he's like, I need to find very quickly a hot gay man who knows about like fixing shit on a like in a cabin. Sure. And so luckily, there's nine just floating around here, <laughs> so, waiting um, for someone to find him and give him a name. So listen, so nine goes out there and they fake relationship. Here it is, you guys. They fake gay relationship out in the cabin to for YouTube purposes. And then they real gay relationship out in the cabin for their own purposes and for (laughs) ours as well. Amazing. And then there's a follow-up where Jackson um, is better. There's, like, at the end of the nine book, um, there's a moment where, like, another character kind of comes running into the the, – the hospital room. And, like, you can tell that these two are, like, super – they're, like – there's romance there, but yeah. you're not given any of the stories. So she wrote the follow-up book or the follow-up. It's a short, I think, for, about Jax and Marchie. And um, yeah, Lucy Lennox. Character is only a twin. Uh, okay. And then I have Naeem Simone, 
which we won't talk too much about, but oh no. There is, that's see, a, move it further that's down. That's the next one on the, yes. on the thing. Well, okay. So I think the next one on the list should be like, uh, the people involved know that one of them is a twin, but maybe other people don't. Does that make sense? Explain. Let me talk about Hannah Ernest's end of day. and Or end of the day, sorry. And in this one, Milo and his twin, Jackson, I think, um, are both actors, but some sort of terrible thing happened on set a year ago and um milo is like i actually don't want it i don't want this life anymore i actually never wanted it it's my brother who wanted it but i felt like i had to right like how do you turn down being famous in hollywood and that is one of the things i really like about a twin book is when the twin essentially has to figure out how to like separate themselves from the Mm -hmm. other one right or like realize the shadow they've been living in i love it and so um what happens is his brother is in some sort of like romance reasons problems. And so Benj, Benjamina is the heroine. She's a makeup artist who worked with both of them. There was sort of like a second chance feeling between her and Milo. And essentially she talks Milo into being, pretending to be his brother. So the paparazzi doesn't know that the brother has ghosted. Yes, right. And okay. disappeared. Mm-hmm. Right. So like they know th- that it's Milo. Milo and Benj know, right? But no one else really knows. And so, of course, it's like forced proximity. They have to, like, be together all the time. It's all Hollywood drama. Um, Hannah is a friend of mine, and she's a big Claypus fan. And so, like, you could really see the fingerprints. We mm-hmm. talked about the first book in this series was one of my best of last year because I really love the sort of Hollywood angle. And so this is, like, a second chance. But Milo is really, like... I don't want to come back to this life. Like, how am I going to navigate being with someone who's, like, in this world when I don't want any part of it anymore? While Benjamina is like, I'm staying away from this dirtbag who broke my heart, and yet I cannot stop being with him because everyone thinks that it's the brother or whatever, right? So it's, like, lots and lots of, like, that, like, high-stakes shenanigans drama. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, the entire time you're reading it, you're like, when's the shoe going to drop? And everyone's going to figure out what's really going on, right? Yeah. So um, they aren't lying to each other, but they are lying to other people. Oh, interesting. All right, that's good. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's really fun. Okay, so I forgot one that I think sort of, it doesn't, it's not a, <laughs> it's one step, it's one step back from this, which okay, is fine. Uh, he's a twin and he's a criminal. How about that? <gasps> oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Beverly Jenkins is something like love. Have you read this one? No. <gasps> oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. You would love it. You would love it. Olivia. 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 Olivia has to get away from an arranged marriage, I think. Of I course. forget why. But she's on a train and she's like, Running in the classic way, Bev Jenkins starts a book. Like it's like Olivia's on a train, she's got to get the hell out of Dodge. So she is headed west. And um, oops, this is the 18, you know, mid the mids, the 18 mids. And she's on a train, and uh, we have a problem because that train is about to get robbed. And it's gonna get robbed by um the by twins. Oh my god. Amazing. It's gonna get robbed by Stop Neil it. July and two shafts, who is his twin brother. Now, this is a really great setup because they are they are twins. They they are born on the same day and they are half brothers. And so but they have oh. different mothers. That's awesome. And yeah. So they call themselves twins. They work together. They are train robbers <laughs> because get it, boys. <laughs> um and then, but then, so then she, like, escapes. Like, she meets them. There's, like, yeah. this moment where she meets, where she sees Neil, and she's, like, ooh, he's, ooh. And she's, and he's, like, ooh, she's, ooh. <laughs> and then they, but he's robbing the train. So, like, sure. it's not a great no time, time for, romance. for them to talk. <laughs> so, Unless you're George Clooney so, and Jennifer Lopez in the trunk of a car. That was a very, very different experience. <laughs> Fine. So she heads off. Becomes mayor of a town. I mean, of course she does. She's about Jenkins heroin. Of course. She becomes mayor of a town. She's a spinster because uh, no time for boys. And then um, (laughs) in comes Neil July, this man who robbed her train and is now kind of a criminal. But 
It's the best kind of criminal. She proposes to him. At one point, he gets shot, and she's there. He is like, you need a man. She's like, I fully do not need a man. (laughs) But I could use one. I guess you could stick around if you want. It's so fun. I love it. It's one of my favorite Jenkins books. Um, There is, unfortunately, no Two Chefs book in one of the Blessings books. um, Because, you know, for those of you who don't know – Beverly Jenkins wrote historicals and then she wrote contemporaries and she she writes both. Um, But they are all in the same Jenkins universe. And so the contemporaries are descendants of the historical um, characters. And at some point in one of the, in one of the blessings books, um, a character is the great, 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 great nephew of, you know, these twins. And um, he asks like, what about two shafts? And she says, two shafts never married because he was part Cherokee. His mother was Cherokee. And he didn't want to have children because who, until because he didn't want them to have to live like a half-life. Oh, yeah. He wanted them to be able to live fully as Cherokee right. people. And that wasn't possible. So like in classic Bev form, like she's tied all the, all the you know. Right. The history into all it, the, right? Uh, all the history together, but she's tied all the ribbons up and it's perfect. And then they also have a sister, Teresa, I think is her name. And she, her, she has a book too. Um, who's with the name of that book is escaping me. Surprising, absolutely no That's one. That's okay. We'll and, put it in um, show notes, everybody. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Jenkins. See, back to our thesis. Every historical author has written great set of twins. Twin train robbers. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You beat that honestly. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Do you have any more where? Okay. So I have one that's like I have one where she is keeping. I mean, okay. I here. have multiples where they are keeping the secret through the most through the whole book. Okay. I love a secret. All right. Here's one that maybe is not a secret, which is, oops, I accidentally got in bed with the wrong twin. Oh, see, that's a good one. Yeah. So okay. this is Wrong Bed, Right Brother by Rebecca Brooks. And I know I've talked about earlier books in this series before. It's a really clever conceit. I think there's four books. This is the fourth one where essentially someone like climbs into bed with the wrong person. So one mm-hmm. is like you know, wrong bed, right roommate, or things like that, right? But this one is wrong bed, right brother. And Amanda has been working with Luke forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, They work at like a software company, but Luke is like going to be moving to LA with his twin Noah in the next six weeks. And it's really interesting because like we as the readers kind of see that Luke is stringing her along, but she really thinks like I'm totally in love with Luke. So they go away for the weekend with a bunch of friends, including Luke's twin brother, Noah, who is... Interestingly, like he thinks of himself as like kind of the not accomplished one. He's like a running coach, whereas like Luke has a real job. And um, but Amanda thinks that Noah is the more together one, but they don't really like each other at all. But it's kind of like neutral not liking mm-hmm. until that night. She's like, you know, Luke, I'm in love with him. He's moving to LA. I only have this last chance. We're together. I know what room he's in. I'm gonna just sneak into his room and like you know, we'll see what happens in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. Only Luke is a bit of a prima nonna and tells Noah they have to change beds because he doesn't like the mattress in this room. It's like a rental, like a weekend Airbnb. So when Amanda sneaks into Luke's bed, she actually sneaks into Noah's bed and they just start making out. He's half asleep. He doesn't really know what's going on. Then they wake up and figure it out and they're like horrified. But the next day they go to some like whiskey tasting and they like are kind of avoiding each other but being really awkward about it and all of a sudden she's like wait I don't think I like Luke at all he's bugging me how come I've never seen through this before she and Noah go out back behind a barn and get each other off then he shows up at her office and they do it in a conference room I mean like they just are like perfect like just it's all fire, right? Like they'd never even really noticed each other. It's like been a, it had been like a long simmering kind of mediocre dislike. And then it's like, boom, they, they like hate each other, but can't get enough of each other. And they're keeping a, I guess they're keeping it a secret from Luke, but like they know that it's, you know, who each other are. Does that make sense? Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. I love it. This week's episode of Fate of Mates is sponsored by Lumi Labs, creators of Microdose Gummies. Our listeners have heard us talk about microdose gummies before. Um, And if you search around a bit on the internet, you can find all sorts of people who are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. 
you can use them for a creative boost. Um, I often use them like later in the afternoon when I'm feeling a little low energy or in the evenings to help me sleep. Other people use them for workout recovery or just to like take the edge off of that anxiety. So it's the holiday season. (laughs) It's a good time to take the edge off. Yeah. You know, your mom's coming to visit maybe. (laughs) You know, um, I have a friend who said they take one before they get on a plane because they get a little anxious. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. Sort of like getting into that travel mode. So um, what you should do, everybody, if you would like to learn more, is go to microdose.com to learn more about microdosing THC. And if you want to place an order, you can use the code FADEDMATES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links, as always, for all of our sponsors can be found in show notes. But again, that's microdose.com, code FADEDMATES. And thanks, as always, to Lumi Labs for sponsoring the episode. That's making me think of Bella Andre's Take Me. Did you ever read that book? Oh, yes. Yes. She's plus size, right? She's a curvy heroine. Yes. So A plus there. Um, The main character is, she is, it's unrequited. Like they, she has had a crush on her best she has been like basically she grew up friends with this these twins and she had a crush on one of them like a serious like uh, i mean paralyzing crush on one of these boys growing up and became best friends with the other one so like she sees him all the time because she's best friends with his brother and like he's cold and like never engages her and is like just a real like asshole. And then she like, I mean, like it's Matt, it's like Cinderella. She like, she, her best friend's a fashion designer and the fashion designer asked her to walk in a runway show. And like by virtue of, you know, romance timelines, the here, like both of these twin brothers, he like are at this or no, he one, the, the best friend like makes the twin brother go to the fashion show in his stead because I don't know reasons. And then he sees her walk the runway in this like killer dress mm-hmm. and then just cannot deal. Yes. And like, boom. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so sexy. And I mean, hot, hot, hot. And then like they fly to Italy and they accidentally get married. And it's like a whole. <laughs> they do. It is. It's like a classic romance. Amazing. So good. It's so, so good. It also, for those of you who like, um, like that sort of tinge of like, like nervousness about your body that, you know, plus size women sometimes have. And like that just a sort of immediate sense that he is gone for her. Yeah. It's really it delivers on all on all fronts. Mm. That's Bella Andre's take me. Okay, what about I'm a twin and I'm lying to you? Oh yeah, these are the best ones. Now this is where also though some people nope out because we are talking about often like like people may be like it's not cool to like lie to somebody about like who you're sleeping with. So I, mean, I, just, I guess <laughs> yeah. I mean again, I I just want to like for those of you out there, I've seen that you know you should know that we're now getting into the. You know, sure. So I there, I think there's there is like a little mini continuum here too. Yeah. So I think that there is. All right. I think there is. I'm lying. I am not the person you think I am. But it's a one night stand. So what does it really matter? But it's a one night stand. So what does it really matter? Or like, but you're not like in a relationship with like you're. So okay. Scoring with the Wrong Twin, which is Naima Simone's twin book, or one of – Naima is also a twin in real life. Yeah. So she writes a lot of twin books. Um, But this is a – this is the one that I – like maybe it's it's just the first one that I read by her, and so it's my natural favorite. But Sophia, who is like kind of a book nerd, like really like a very kind of awkward, socially awkward person. Yes. Um. Is twins with a literal supermodel. <laughs> and so can and they you are imagine drastically different personalities. The model, the sister, has to has again romance reasons, can't make a very important photo shoot that she has been booked for. 
So she's like, listen, it's going to be fine. You're going to go there. You're going to dress. You're going to wear what they tell you to wear. You're going to do the photo shoot. No one, like, it's going to be fine. No one will figure it out. Don't worry about it. Sophia gets there feeling like, oh, this is another shenanigan that this person has put me into, that my my sister has put me into. But she gets there and she's supposed to be, and she discovers that she has a partner for this model shoot, which is a a football player, like an NFL Mm. player. I mean, Um, what a shame. What a, so hard work. Poor Sophia. So Zeph. (laughs) The football player has met Sophia's sister before and kind of thinks she's, like, stuck up and a little bitchy and, like, not super into her. But, like, suddenly Sophia's there pretending to be the sister and he's like, oh, I'm into her. Like, yeah. this is – I was wrong. Is, I was wrong totally about her. totally different yeah. than I ever thought she was. Sophia does that great twin thing where she's like, oh, um." Call me Sophia. It's my middle name. Like, that's what my friends call me. Oh, my God. Amazing. And so they, like, tumble into bed, and they have this, like, very intense relationship, and she doesn't know how yeah. to, like, get – like, now she's in in the lie, and she doesn't know how to get out of it, especially since they're kind of in this – she like, they're in this, like, famous person bubble. Yeah. It's great. That very is fun. great. That is super fun. So I have one like that. And I think the way those start kind of work the best for me is, well, I think one iteration of it working is like, it, like as you described, it's like a one night stand or I think it's just going to be this one thing. And then it's like, how do I get out of it? Right. I don't, mm-hmm. now that it's continued, I don't know how to undo it. So an example of this for me is um, a book called Final Lap by Aaron McCarthy. And this was a, a series, the book eight of an eight book series that really like brought me back to romance in the early 2000s. So I'm going to also like put a content warning on this. I haven't reread this book, but um, when I have reread some of these books, like I think it's like really couched in a lot of like the ways uh, there's like a lot of dated language, I'll just say, right, about like men and their dicks or whatever, right? There's lots of like they're all race car drivers and they're all constantly like upping each other and stuff that feels kind of dated. But anyway, so just, I mean, like content warning. I haven't read it yet, but it wouldn't be surprised me if we just like don't really see men talking to each other's way in books anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in this book, Harley and Charity are these twin sisters, and Harley is this good girl, and Charity is, like, the wild one, and they're identical twins. And so it it starts with Harley's point of view where she's like, I just really don't understand. Like, we're identical twins. How can people, like, read on us that, like, one of us is kind of, like, wild and crazy fun and and I'm the, like, staid, you know, kind of good girl. Right? Mm -hmm. And so she ends up running into this one of these race car drivers, his name's Cooper, and she's always had a crush on him. Like, she just, and so, like, it seems like this awesome opportunity to, like, kind of actually meet him at this wedding. And um, she mentions to him that he's, a, that she's a nanny. And he immediately launches into this, like, sad sack story about how his mom has run off and now he has custody of his 12-year-old sister and he's not sure he's doing a really good job. And so she, he's just, like, a downer like she's like oh Mm -hmm. i really like this guy and he just sees me as this like kind of maternal nanny problem solver figure and then her twin sister comes over and he like kind of flirts with her sister and she's like what the hell like so it's really just like this disappointing moment for both of them right for i mean for harley and then for charity we get like a little glimpse of her point of view where she's like why don't men take me as seriously as my sister right so that night, the two of them decide to switch dresses to, like, experience what life is like as the other one. And Harley has a one-night stand with Cooper, who thinks that he's sleeping with Charity, and then, for romance reasons, ends up hiring Harley to be his sister's, like, caretaker. And he feels like a total scumbag because he's like, why do I like her when I slept with her sister? And it's all of that angst and all of that that you would expect from this plot. I love it. Right? I mean, Wait, so does the sister yeah. have a book too when she's No, she in gets the other like dress? a she gets a small secondary romance in this one since it's okay. like the end of the series. She has like her boss that I think she liked and he never took her seriously. Cute. Yeah. Then the final and the end of your progression yes. is I'm lying to you and somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. And this is where I want to talk about Lorraine Heath. Yeah. Who 
forever and ever takes the finger. I mean, oh yeah, I, I have one too that I do not think is quite as good as Gorilla Twins. Well, so do you want to start? And I feel we'll like maybe we should, twins. and then we can talk about the stuff that's outside of the baseball diamond twin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have one called Unwritten Law by Eden Finley. It's almost a novella. It was really short. Um, it is two. It's actually this really cute premise, and then it ends up being like a lot heavier. So Lawson and Anders are twins, and Anders is gay and out. And Law is closeted bisexual. And he talks – and at first I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? And he just, like, kind of feels like I like girls. It took me a lot longer to figure out I had feelings for men. And, like, I always sort of thought of myself in opposition to my brother. And so, like, was I – am I, like – Will people believe this about me? Like, will they just think I'm right? So there's like a lot tied up in his feelings, like kind of bisexual erasure. But anyway, here's the deal. Anders always convinces Law to break up with his boyfriends for him because he never can do it for himself. (gasps) So the book. What a good idea. It's such a great idea, right? So the book opens with Law pretending to be Anders breaking up with this like guy for his brother. But then. What a good idea. I know. And Uh, I'm sort of delighted by it. But then you find out it's because Anders actually had an abusive ex, right? Like there is like talk of like like a reason. Yeah, there's a reason, right? There's like he suffered from intimate partner violence. And then it turns out that Law actually runs a like a kind of self-defense class for queer kids. It's also really driven by what happened to his brother. And anyway, Anders is supposed to go out on a date with this guy, Reed, and he like kind of can't do it. And he's like, just go break up with him. Just say I can't do it. But then instead he and Reed do it. And Reed thinks it's Anders, but it's really Lawson and they work together ah! and all the things happen, it's Sarah. Complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated. But I so I would just say, like, it starts out with such a cute premise, but then it does quickly get, I think, like really digs into a lot of serious sure. issues. But like the whole tone is that, still like really funny and yeah. like really it was I enjoyed it, but it definitely like tonally was not what I expected. But I, yeah, for sure. The like big feelings. Nobody knows the truth. Nobody knows. Law Law knows he's lying to both his twin and Reed, but Reed and Anders do not know. So it's like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm like gesticulating madly, everybody. It's a lot. No, that's awesome. But it's not as much as Gorilla Twins. No. See, there there you go. So we've talked about Gorilla Twins before on the podcast, I'm sure. Um, It is not actually called Gorilla Twins, but (laughs) in romance, a lot of people refer to this book as Gorilla Twins, and it's because of us. (laughs) And it is Lorraine Heath's The Earl Takes All. And here is the setup. It is historical. It's Victorian England. Twin boys, Edward and... His twin brother, whose first name I'm forgetting, but who is who is Grayling and called Gray. Um, he is the Earl of Grayling. Um, they are Edward is like the like ne'er do well rake brother, and the Earl of Grayling is the very like perfectly poised, well behaved, responsible Earl, heir to the throne or heir to the earldom. Um. They, on the night of a betrothal, or like there's a ball at the very beginning of the book, and he and Edward kisses Julia, the heroine, um, who is betrothed to his brother. He does a thing he should not do. This is a bad thing. (laughs) Um, They kiss. He feels an immense level of, like, passion in that kiss. She doesn't really know what she feels. Like, she, like feels stuff, but, like, isn't sure. Um, and and uh, needless to say, Julia marries the Earl. Right. Um, and they go off, and so, and she gets pregnant, and uh, she is left, but for, for reasons, the hero, Edward, and his brother, the heroine's husband, go off into, to, on a trip, on, like, a to wherever gorillas are. Asia? Where are gorillas, Jen? Africa? Africa. <laughs> based on I don't know knowledge. enough based about gorillas. My, based on my knowledge only of Jane Goodall. That's it. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. So they go to Africa 
where in Africa they interact with gorillas and the Earl is murdered by a, I mean, are you murdered by a gorilla? You're mauled by a gorilla, really. Sure. Well, that you're gorilla probably was, fucking, yeah. he was fucking with that gorilla's baby. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure he deserved he was, it. He like went and touched the gorilla's baby. He did this. This is true. This is canon. And she <laughs> and the mother gorilla fucked him up and he died. Yeah. But before he died, he said to his brother, you can't tell Julia that I died. You have to pretend to be me until the baby is born. Right. Because otherwise, right? Now listen. So he goes back. And remember, Edward felt th- felt feelings for Julia that night that they kissed in the garden sure. before she married her brother, his brother. <laughs> and so this, he goes back. And that asshole pretends to be his dead brother and sleeps in the same bed Right. As his dead brother's wife while she is pregnant pregnant. with his dead brother's child. Now, as if this wouldn't be enough in 2022, let me remind you all, it is 18. And like, and there is a title afoot here. Like, if the baby that is born is a boy cool it's still the heir yeah. to the earldom but if it's a girl how do we handle what is about to come of this because ultimately like and also he can't marry his dead brother's wife that's like a not done thing no sure Mm-mm. so there <laughs> is a lot of drama now here is the added interesting thing i mean there's so many layers to this book it's fucking great so he gets back, but he gets when he gets back from his trip, the book begins with him getting back from his trip and there and him reading an obituary in the paper for himself because he they passed him sure, off as dead. Right, as the dead one, yeah. And the obituary is like, this guy was a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh he's man. like, oh my God. Like, this is my chance to like basically be Scrooge and like fix yeah. it all, right? right? He has to Ebenezer Scrooge himself. But then also he's like falling more and more and more in love with this woman and she does not know. Oh my gosh. And then, oh, the way he, I'm not going to spoil how he, how she finds out, but it is the most devastating way that a person can find out that they have been sleeping with their dead husband's brother. It's not a secret birthmark. (laughs) It's not. I'll tell you when we're done recording what it is. And it's so emotional. Yeah. And Lorraine just, I mean, never misses. It's no. just beat for beat. It'll she is gonna rip the heart from your chest, everyone. And not just because you mess with the gorillas, baby, just because you are a romance reader. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> But anyway, the reason why it is called Gorilla Twins in the Zeitgeist is because I was on a panel once and I couldn't remember the name of this book. And I was like, it's the Gorilla Twins book. <laughs> it is the Earl Takes All, everyone. Amazing. And it's Amazing. really great. But do you want to talk about stakes? Yeah, right. Like, 100%. He keeping this secret from her and there is just no fucking way you can imagine that she will forgive him. I mean, Ugh. can you imagine? No. No. Literally, that no. It's unforgivable. No. There's a um, a movie with Richard Gere and Jodie Foster where he impersonates her husband. I don't think it's a twin, though. I just think he is impersonating her husband, so forget it. Irrelevant. It doesn't have a happy ending, everybody. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like impersonating someone back in olden times, you're going to get yourself killed. Horrible. Ugh, amazing. All right. I mean, I, I definitely, and we've seen this, ver- like, we sort of danced around this story in historicals where, like, yeah. somebody come, like, somebody disappears and then they come back and they yes. say, like, I'm your husband from I'm seven so years and so. ago. Yeah. But this is a different beast altogether. No, it's insane. Anyway, I love you, Lorraine Heath. This has been in the vault for a long time for me. I have never read it because I'm waiting for, it's I so don't know, good. Armageddon, I guess. Okay, I have one more that was, this is now, is just, like, kind of porny. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, everybody. I thought it was really hot. I read a book called The Boys Next Door by Miranda Silver today. Mm-hmm. Um, Diana is a, like, essentially, it's, like, 
It's like new adult, but barely. She is like just graduated from high school. And it's the summer before college, but her next door neighbors who are these twins, Ian and Brendan, they're two years older than her, are having a party. And she, it's actually really interesting. She, um, they've been, live next door their whole lives, but they're two years older. So they're going to be juniors at UConn and she's going to be a freshman at Yale. And, um, but she, like, when she was in sixth or seventh grade, her family moved away just for, like, one year. Like, for dad had something somewhere or whatever. They didn't sell the house. Like, they just left for a year and came back. But that year at her new school, like, she had, like, her body changed. And it, she just had this hor- horrific experience where, like, kids made fun of her. And she just became really ashamed of her body because of the way she was treated. And, you know, all. and it kind of... I don't know if I felt very, like, I really felt for her. So she's been sort of hiding from everybody and just kind of shy, introverted, like, and she's, like, looking out the window with the twins having this, like, wild pool party, and one of them spies her and comes over and is, like, you know, she's been ignoring them for years, basically, like, Diana, come over. And she's, like, I can't. And he's, like, go put on your bathing suit. Come on. Go put on your swimsuit. He, she goes up and puts on this bikini and is, like, of course, like, I'm so ashamed of my what is, of course, like a perfect pinup girl's body. And he comes up and he's like, you look great. Let's go. And she's like, no, I can't. She kind of is too shy, but she doesn't want to tell him what happened all those years ago. And so he's like, well, just come over later after one leaves. Come over at like 830. So she comes over and the three of them proceed to have sex in their treehouse. They defile the treehouse tree that they had they played in as kids. And I was like, wow. And they just do it and do it and do it. And that's basically all the book is, honestly. And then sometimes she does with one or the other. But really, I would I would just want you to know that it's like if you've ever had any kind of fantasy about banging twins, then here you go. Not just brothers, like that Alicia Rye book, Twins. That's what yeah. this book is going to deliver to you. Okay. It's hot. I'm not, I'm, yeah. Well. I'm a little ashamed of myself, but it was hot listen, and I enjoyed it. No shame, no shame. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole for this episode as I am, you know, I just don't think, I'm not, to I do. hope you all appreciate the work that we do for you. <laughs> sometimes we just let our romance brain do the work. Sometimes we're like, we should read some things. Let's see what's out yeah, there. Yeah. So I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, okay, I'm going to look for, like, I was looking for, I was particularly looking for this Lucy Lennox books that I knew oh, that existed, read, but yeah. I could not remember which book it was. Mm. And so I did what sometimes I do, which is I went on Goodreads and I looked for, like, male-male twin romance. Oh, I can see how this went wrong already, honestly. be careful when you're doing these things, you guys, because, like, the first top result was – Twincest. I was gonna say, I was like, accidental. <laughs> I was like, accidental twincest. twincest. And you jumped right back out of the, the pot. Oh, I, yeah. it was, it was, the water got immediately hot and I jumped right out because I was like, no. Right. But, um, no, I read and, and I didn't know it wasn't like a warrant. It wasn't like called that. That's not the title <laughs> of the book. And so, like, I opened it to just like look at the back because it had a good cover. And so I like sure. opened it to read the back cover copy and it was, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed, but it literally was like, I don't know, like Jim, like Jim didn't mind using a glory hole, but then it was when he discovered who it was on the other side, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, not for Thanksgiving weekend, out of the pot, yeah, just boom, right, right in, right back out, yeah. So anyway, um. <clears throat> Thanks, thank you, Flowers in the Attic. It's a long, yeah. And well, you started with path. Flowers you, in the you Attic, trailed. so there you, you tra- go. Yeah. It started us down this path. But anyway, um, so that's a thing too. Just be careful. I think everyone. the thing that's wild about Flowers in the Attic is that is that our we all read that. Our parents knew we were reading it. Yeah, but maybe I don't know. Maybe, they, they just had no did idea. We There's all no good know reads. what was happening. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think I, I knew. knew what was up I definitely with Flowers in the Attic. Unlike with, like, later. Forever by Judy Bloom, where people are literally, like, it's page 39 or whatever. Yeah, and every you know, partially because it was, like, they were brother and sister. So, like. Sure, you didn't even think about it. It wasn't possible, is what I'm saying. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> I don't love ending on that. But here we are. And, uh, yeah. I guess we could, like, have we thought of any other more, like, uh, maybe some more innocent sweet books that we can end with like you know on honeymooners she's a twin 
Oh, she is a twin. And then she goes off and, you know. It's interesting because it feels like the ones where, like, the best friend is the twin. Yeah. Or, like, when one person knows one of the twins but then, like, you know, ends up with the other twin. One of the things that never really comes up in those stories is, although I suppose it's just sort of written away with, like, I was never attracted to that twin. Yeah, right. Right? right. But, yeah. like, this other twin had a vibe. Right. But sure. it never comes up, like. Here's what I want. I want a romance novel where I dated one twin. And then rejected in and then realized. And then like that was over, but then I met the other twin. Yeah. I don't know. Do I want that? I don't know. You don't because I think you want all – unless they discover it, you know, I accidentally got into the wrong bed with one twin and now an hour later I discover the truth. That's what you Mm -hmm. want. You want the the drama, the angst. Normal people just realizing that someone has a twin. Where's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like twins. Tell us your favorite twin books, everyone. Twin TV shows. Yeah, just right? stuff stuff with twins. Tom Hardy played um twin gangsters in a book called in a book in a movie called Legend. Well, there um, you go. There's a good place to end, right? Tom Hardy. Remember Tom in Hardy. the first season when every time we said Tom Hardy, Eric would put a grunt underneath the name? A hero for our time. Not all, not all heroes were kids. And I waited for years for somebody to notice, and no one ever mentioned it. <laughs> well, now we're giving away the secret. Well, he stopped doing it. Mm, those, Maybe he'll do it in this one. These books were great. This was like a week of really fun reading for me when I was like, okay, I got to read these twin books or I yeah, got to remember twin books I used to like, right? You know what it is? Twins are magic. Like, we, people who are not twins and do not have twins spend a lot of time just going, like, twins are weird and cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean that. Like, I mean weird in the very best way. Like, it's a strange little thing that sure. happens. And you think, like, there's something really magical about it. And so when you put them into a romance novel, you really amp up the fantasy. Absolutely. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And sometimes maybe we, which shouldn't be possible. Jump out of the jump out of the frying pan when it's too hot. Everybody, right out of the pot. It's fine. <laughs> There's something for everyone on this continuum. This is Fate of Meets, everyone. I'm Sarah McLean. I'm here with my friend Jen Prokop. You can uh, find us on Facebook. No, you cannot. You can find us on Twitter still at Fate of Meets. You can find us on Instagram at Fate of Meets Pod. You can find us on Tumblr. Fadedmates.tumblr.com. Faded-mates.tumblr.com. Um, we are working on other places where you can find us as well, so stay tuned there. Don't forget that you can still pre-order or order the best romance of 2022 book box from Old Town Books in Alexandria, Virginia. It comes packed in a really beautiful box. There are mass markets in there. There are trade paperbacks in there. You get eight books for $100 um, shipped directly to your door in time for holidays for you to keep for yourself hoard for yourself, gift to a romance reader in your life, or separate out and send to different homes across the land. You can do whatever you want with it. We're not judging here. And um, we're really proud of that list. You can find it online. You can find more information on how to order the box in show notes as always. We want to thank our sponsors, Lumi Labs, creators of Microdose Gummies, and Pocket Bookshop at pocketbooksshop.com. Have a great week, everybody.